buzzing out there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard and see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we are back, everybody. It is episode nine. We are just dishing it. I am joined by my co-host, as always, my partner in crime on the Just Dishing It festivities, John Tudes Tudor. Tudes, how's it going, brother? It's going great. Going great. Having a, a good week here. Um, it was great to see you boys a little bit in person last week. We got to hang out at the studio for a night, uh, you and myself with Kev and, uh, and Matt. So that was a ton of fun, but um, yeah, just good to be back in the swing of things. Very productive evening, I must say. Um, much more to come on that for all the uh, all the Dish and Fam out there, all the fans, all the followers. We love you guys. As always, thanks so much for the support on the show so far. It's been pretty cool to see. Um, better than I expected, honestly. And you know, only up from here. But we really appreciate you. But we're not gonna we're not gonna mess around too much because this one has been a top of my get list since this show debuted. I see him in the lobby. Oh, man, but it's okay because he is the man. Um, really excited to have him on. Folks, please welcome TPS forward Josh Kessner. Josh, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Finland. First international guest. Oh, we got going, a little free. There we go. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us uh, all the way from Finland here in the, the middle of a uh, playoff race with your time change here. Yeah, it's a little past midnight for me, but but we're grinding. No no worries there. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, look, it's it's no secret, obviously. Um, I mean, most of our, our followers, our, our fans remember, you know, the the colding line we did with you. That was a ton of fun with us. Um, you know, what, um, just starting off there, like what, what was the coolest part for you? Cause like, I always try to picture cause I didn't sniff professional sports. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? But like, you know, you have a unique story that we're going to get into a little bit, obviously here, but I mean, what was just that like? Cause you know, in all those, the calls and the emails and stuff never really got to ask you personally, like, what was that like to, to get to make like your own clothing line as a pro athlete? It's, it's, it's so cool. Uh, especially, especially coming, you know, like you said, get into it here in a bit, but coming from my background, you see, you don't see many kids, especially from my town that have any big time names. The only big time name I can think of is Nick Dowd, who plays for Nick Washington Capitals. Um, but, you know, even guys like him and, and other names that are relatively big in, in the state of Alabama, you don't see any big time names, um, especially guys that have clothing brands. So when, you know, Mike Gianta introduced me to you guys and, and we kind of got the ball rolling on that, it was pretty cool. Um, especially seeing all you guys have done so far with, you know, skate skins. And I, you know, that was back when you guys had, uh, what was it? The esports, like a video game, yep. like a championship yeah. going on. Yeah. Esports tournament for and, NHL. Man, it yeah. was, it was cool. I, I felt big time. You know, I felt <laughs> so bad. did we. I felt like so I was, did we. you know, well, even though exactly, yeah. So it was the feelings cool to, mutual. To have that. Um, and then, yeah, exactly. So, and then unfortunately, COVID hit and it turned upside down, but, um, but it was, it was pretty special feeling for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you're, you know, 
I, I guess we could start at the beginning. You mentioned being from Alabama. Like I wanted to, I'm always fascinated with the, the story of the come up and like what got you into hockey, especially with you being the area that you grew up and everything. So like talk about some of like your early influences, what got you into the game and, and a little bit of the, the youth time for you in the, in the game. It's going to be, it's a, it's a long one. Um, well, that's what we like. That's what this format's <laughs> for, my man. So, uh, so my old man, my dad's, uh, my dad's from Michigan, uh, Jackson, and he's one of 13 kids. So big, big family they got. And so my dad grew up around, you know, sports and, and being from Michigan, he always loved hockey. Um, but with 13 kids, you know, they couldn't really play organized sports. It was too expensive. So my dad was like, you know, when I have kids, I want them to play, play hockey. I can kind of live it through them, you know? So he, uh, so he had, he had kids, he had four, four sons. I'm, I have three other brothers and, uh, and growing up, my dad moved his job to Alabama and that's where, that's where me and me and my brothers were born. And, and so when we were down there, my dad, my dad said, when, when we moved down there, we're going to start at the hockey rink. And then we're going to find a house from there because he goes, we're going to be at the rink the whole time. Right. Yeah. So he, he was like, well, let's go to the rink. We went to the rink and then he searched a house from there, just did a radius. And we ended up, ended up landing on a house like five, six minutes away from the rink. And like I said, my dad's a huge Detroit Red Wings fan. I'm still a Wings fan. Um, so that was pretty cool playing their farm system last year. And then, yeah. uh, and then I got three brothers. My older brother was a big influence on me, you know, kind of like monkey see monkey do my right. brother wanted to play. And I was like, for sure, of course I want to play. He's going to play. So and that's kind of how it started, started back when I was, you know, three, four, five, six years old. Damn. Are there, are there a lot of rinks in, in Alabama? Cause I'm picturing it as, you know, is this like one of those situations where a lot of kids have to have their parents drive them like two hours for practice? Like how'd that work out? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. So there's, there's where I'm from is Huntsville. There's like a iceplex, a community iceplex. And then there's the Von Braun center, which is where I played college hockey. But that's like an arena. It's not really like open to the public necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's two, then there's one in Decatur, which is like 45 minutes from me. And then there's one in Birmingham. And to be honest, those are the only four rinks I know of. <laughs> So there's four, wow. yeah, and Birmingham's about two hours south of me. So there may be five or six total in the whole state if you had to, you know, put a number on it. But it's it's few and far between. There's not, you know, thirty within five square miles like Michigan or Minnesota or anything like that. So yeah, even us like the Western New York, like I mean, too, it's there's like ten within an hour. It feels like at any point when you're in Western New York. So it's always interesting hearing that and like trying to trying to even compartmentalize that. Cause like, you know, for me growing up, I had some pond experience, you know, I grew up in more rural towns where it's like, you're a bit from the rink, but not like hours and stuff, which, but you know, there's always so many options, but it's fascinating. So do, I mean, did that almost like, did that push your love for the game even more? in a way where it was just like you, it, you didn't have such an easy access or did you not even really think about it? Do you think? Cause it's just like what you knew. I've, I thought about it later when I was older. Um, yeah. But man, when you're a kid, 
you just played it because you love it, right? You know, mm-hmm. even all yeah. the big, even all the big names like Connor McDavid, you know, Sidney Crosby. If you ask all of them, you know, what they think about hockey when they were a kid, man, they just loved to play it. They didn't care about the paycheck. They didn't care about the sponsors. There's, you know, you you played it because you loved the game, and then you know, right around that that age where you really got to start making a decision whether this is going to be, you know, a serious option. Um, and then, you know, that's when things got serious when you had to say, look, this is, I gotta, I gotta train, I gotta work out. I gotta, you know, go to the rink and practice, you know, three, four, five hours, you know, do whatever it takes. So, um, so you didn't really think about the, in the early days, but later on, you kind of had to. Now, what age was that for you as you were coming um, up, would you say? It's, uh, so f- funny story about that too. Um, I actually, it was. 12 years old and i remember it pretty vividly because my dad i think i have a picture of it somewhere i'm pretty sure i can find it my dad made me sign up my first contract ever when i was 12. really and uh yeah so me my dad you know having four boys hockey's expensive you know it's yeah it's not like playing soccer where you gotta set cleats and a ball so right. uh he said so he said hey look if you're gonna play we're gonna we're gonna make it worth your while so he signed, I signed a contract when I was 12 years old that basically gave me bonuses for every goal I scored. I'd get a dollar a goal or something like that, or a $2 for every assist. Cause he didn't want me to be a puck hog, you know, stuff like that. Wow. I, I shoot so many pucks a day. Cause we have like a little outdoor shooting area in our backyard. You had to mm-hmm. shoot so many pucks a day. You had to work out so much. And if I didn't do it, I didn't get to play. So it was kind of like a, take this seriously or, or you're done sort of deal. And it paid off, but it, (laughs) but when you look back on it, it's like a contract for a 12 year old. It kind of seems a little extreme, but he knew what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my, my dad toyed with the idea a little bit and I didn't amount to anything in hockey. So I would say (laughs) it worked pretty well for you, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say I'd say you did the, I say you did the right thing, but it's just, it's funny to look back on it, you know? Yeah, it is. But in a way too, I think, you know, just from, from the outsider perspective, right. It's like, it wasn't so much, I maybe even like the contract and the bonuses, right. As it was that repetition and the discipline. Do you think that's pretty much what he was doing exactly more so than anything else? Yeah. He I think he was instilling a work ethic, you know? Like, yeah. Like I said, it's as much as you're a 12 year old wanting a dollar or two every time you had a good game, or you know, it's he was instilling work ethic. You know, good things happen when you know when you put the time in, when you put the effort, and and I think that that stuck with me. You know, from 12, 13, 14, all those you know crucial years leading into junior hockey, and then eventually college and pro. And um, obviously, it still sticks with me with you know sticks with me today, but. Um, I think ultimately that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, Josh, I want to ask you kind of about that with um, your college hockey journey. Um, four years at um, University of Alabama Huntsville, um, hometown. So, I mean, was that something where from that time you were 12 and a kid playing hockey, were you going to games there? Was that your dream to put that sweater on or how'd that become a reality for you to play there? Yeah. So I, I always wanted to play college hockey from as long as I can remember. That was always a, a goal of mine. Um, but growing up in Michigan, I was born in Alabama, but growing up in Michigan, 
Um, I, my dream was to play for Michigan, the Wolverines. Um, unfortunately, I never got a sniff, didn't get, you know, uh, an email saying we're, we're looking for you and all that, anything. So um, I had one Division One offer, and it was UAH. Now, not to say I hate it because I absolutely loved UAH. It was an amazing, amazing four years. Um, and as you mentioned, I grew up watching. I went to see Jared Ross play. You know, he's a big name in Huntsville. Um, and, and I think it was probably some of the greatest weekends I ever had going to UAH games, and it was a blast. But um, but growing up and and uh, being so, I was a pretty small guy still about my sophomore junior or of high school i was about like five two maybe 120 pounds soaking wet i was really small and then i hit a growth spurt but i didn't, have, I didn't sign my national letter of intent until i was 20 and he i would wow. i only had one offer and it was uah so um and it wasn't a full ride it was you know i wasn't even it wasn't even 50 percent. so i took it on a whim and ended up, you know, obviously growing that over four years. But um, but it was cool to play in my ho hometown, you know, after the fact. So it was pretty special. It was fun. And you got to play. I, I mean, just looking at that conference, we got a lot of a lot of Michigan teams in the conference. So you got to go up and play in Michigan quite a bit. So I'm assuming was the family able to come out and watch you play a bunch during your college days? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, my dad's, you know, from that Jackson area. So I had um, I had all aunts and uncles at our games uh you know my dad has 10 of his siblings in jackson still one of them lives in colorado one of them lives in grand rapids michigan so a majority of the time i had a whole kessner cheering section <laughs> in there so um yeah it was for the most part just a bunch and i have you know my dad's one of 13 kids as i said and each one of them has kids and each one of those has kids. So I think I have 74 first cousins. So, I mean, those games were packed with Kessner jerseys. It was nuts. Yeah. It's insane. Did they give you comp tickets for all those people or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually a feud, right? You're like, oh, I need, you know, as many tickets as you can give me. And then they're fighting over them. So it was, it's always nuts coming, coming to a game to watch. That's awesome. I, I can just I can picture the scene too where ah uh, that's that's amazing was that was probably like really cool for you though like you know just a little extra motivation where it's almost like you know I would think you know seeing where you've gotten that we're still going to talk to where you you know the one offer for one D1 offer and you had probably you know you come from a not traditional hockey area too where you don't see a lot of that you already have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder I assume but so there's that motivation, but being able to have like family like that, see you play so often. I, I mean, I got to imagine that was another level of motivation for you too, on top of the other stuff. Oh, it's just, it's inspiration stacking is all, you know, it was, yeah. it's a blessing to be honest to play in front of, in front of family. Cause you know, I, I had teammates that, you know, were from Minnesota, Michigan and their family would see him once or twice a year. And, you know, that's how I played in junior hockey when I was up in Canada. But, um, but yeah, having them come every home game, you know, for four years, it was incredible. And then, you know, like you mentioned earlier, sometimes a lot of away games because, you know, a majority of those teams are in our conference. So they're my dad's driving up or, or flying to, to, to Big Rapids to play Ferris or, or Lake State up in the UP. So, um, so, yeah, I got a lot of family time at our games in those four years. That's that's awesome. 
But yeah, yeah. so I mean, coming up too, we're like, you know, we mentioned Huntsville, obviously. So I mean, what's what, take us through like your junior, senior year and stuff like that. Like, what was the, what was it looking like as far as, you know, the pro prospects? Tell us like kind of that story of how that was looking uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest, as much as I would, as much as I wanted to play pro hockey, as much as I, every guy wants to play in the NHL, I mean, if that's any hockey player, that's their ultimate yeah. goal. Right. So was it always in the back of my mind? Sure. But I hadn't really thought about it. Um, especially junior year, you know, I, I, I planned on getting a degree. I planned on finishing my four years. You know, I wasn't going to BU and having 40 points as a freshman, you know, so I planned <laughs> yeah. to finish, I planned to finish four years. Um, but it wasn't until after my junior year when we had our exit meetings and our, our coaches called me into the office and they told me that my shooting percentage was off the charts. And I didn't even, I never heard of that statistic in my life, even watching yeah. a ton of NHL games. I didn't know what that meant. Um, so they told me it was off the charts and they said, senior year, we want you to shoot more. You know, when you come back, we want you to shoot, shoot, shoot. And so come senior year, I mean, that's literally all I did. Yeah, power play, power, you know, even strength. Everything I did was just, I fired the puck. And, you know, as you can see on there, I had 24 goals my senior year. So um, obviously their recipe was a success. And, and that landed me a, a contract with the Toronto Marlies after my senior year, which was unbelievable. I didn't even think that was, that was possible after my senior year. So what was that like? How did that all come down when you get the offer from the Marlies? Like, was that, did you have an agent at the time with that? How did that go? Yes. So that's, yeah. So I also didn't know how agents worked. I really, <laughs> I mean, I, I still don't. I had no so. idea. I knew, I knew their general job. Yeah. I, I knew their general job is to help players, you know, in their career and get them contracts, but I didn't know how the logistics of it all worked. Um, and I actually got a phone call from Mike Gianta, as you guys know. Um, yeah. and, and we had a mutual friend from my junior B days in Sarnia that watched me play and told him to look at me. I mean, it was like, you know, a wishing well. Like, you couldn't have made that up. I don't know where he got my information even. I think it yeah. might have been MySpace or something. Like, who knows this guy got a tough hold of me. <laughs> And, uh, and so he reached out to me and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, where, would you be interested in, in having some representation in your you know, senior year? And, and I was always told you can't have an agent in, you know, in college, you're more like a advisor. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm game to hear you out. And, you know, he texts me two days later and he's like, Hey, I'm flying into Huntsville. I'll be there in, you know, three hours. I'm like, what? you're flying to Huntsville <laughs> for this. Like, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. So he flies and we meet at a Panera bread and sure enough, he's, he's, you know, he's offering to buy me a, you know, a coffee. I'm like, Whoa, like, dude, I can't, I can't take a coffee. Like, are you nuts? Like this is against yeah. pro, but little, yeah, little did I know. So, you know, long story short, I, I, you know, signed with, signed with Mike and, um, and he was the one that got me the deal with Toronto. Um, after we lost in game three of our conference uh, playoffs, he was saying, you know, there's a few American League teams interested in me. And and I thought, and he, you know, he thinks that 
Corona was the best fit for me. Um, and so that's where I ended up. And man, I didn't regret it one bit because it landed me in Newfoundland the following year. Yeah, and kind of go into that a little bit too. And kind of looking at your stuff now, I mean, um, after you know a few games in Toronto, um, looks like incredible season in Newfoundland um, and then kind of carried over with uh, Toledo the following year. I mean, ECHL All-Star, MVP, like, I mean, that had to be quite the ride for a couple of years there, huh? Yeah, it was, it, it was, it had its ups and downs. It was a roller coaster. Um, after, after my, when I signed in Toronto, I played, I played, you guys probably yeah, know better than I would, but I think I played three games, maybe, yeah, three games. And on my third game, my first shift, I took a hit and it was actually in Rochester at Blue Cross Arena, Blue and I dislocated my shoulder and it was first shift. I mean, stepped on the ice, got a puck hit. I mean, popped right out and I was out seven months. Had of surgery, had to get my labrum, you know, reconstructed and everything. So, so that sucked. Um, that was a real, real low in my career. I've never had a, you know, knock on wood, a, an injury like that. I've had a, you know, a broken foot or something where you, you're out four weeks or whatever, but nothing, nothing that extent. And so, um, so they just sent me down to Newfoundland to, to develop and get get my game back and i ended up staying there for the whole year i think i got called up once you know didn't didn't have much of a i guess you could say opportunity you know it was kind of like a one game they needed needed someone to come up and i stayed the rest of the year in newfoundland so um which isn't bad because we ended up winning the kelly cup that year which was the best thing that was you know it's a double-edged sword, right? There's yeah. one end that how you look at it, and then there's the opposite side. And it was, it was probably the best hockey year of my life. And then it, you know, obviously transformed into signing in a, an American League deal with the Griffins the following year, and then playing for uh, Toledo. Yeah. So I mean, what I just from because you know when we had that call for you know setting up the clothing line and stuff, you know, you were I believe still in Toledo at the time. Um, yep. what was that? Cause I mean, we, we heard a lot about that on the call that I didn't really know about Toledo, like the city and stuff for the, for the walleye. Like, what was it like playing there? How, how was your experience there? It was, it was incredible. It was, it was very similar to Newfoundland, but so different at the same time. You know, they both have mm -hmm. passionate fans, um, just a huge hockey community, which I think is which is so much fun to play in front of, especially when there's, you know, a sold out crowd at, at the Huntington center, which is, I think it's like 9,500, 9,500 fans, maybe even 10,000. Nice. And I think they get the most fans in the East coast. So it was ton of fun to play in front of. And then, you know, when we got hooked up with you guys with fishing and, and uh, my clothing line, which by the way, okay. yeah, clothing <laughs> yeah. line. Yeah. Um, we were there and, you know, like I said, before Corona had plans to, we have like a, a swamp shop where it's like all the merchandise and stuff. So it would have been cool to see it implemented in there and, and everything. Yeah. And then the season got, got cut short because of the pandemic. So yeah, it's a, it was a crappy way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's, we were chatting a little before, you know, there's, there's goods, 
goods and bads with COVID, right? It's, there's been so much negative, but, you know, finding the ways to pull the positives is pretty important. And, you know, would you say like, I mean, I know you now we're talking to you now you're in Finland, like we mentioned with TPS, like talk a little bit about that. Like was, how did that, that opportunity and what was the story behind that coming up? Yeah, I, I, you know, we were talking a little off, you know, off camera about it and it's, yeah not to compare myself to just Jeff Bezos, obviously, but you know, Jeff Bezos, yeah. Elon Musk, all those guys are just gaining wealth during the pandemic. Right. So mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it, yeah, there's been some horrible things, you know, there's been people dying from the pandemic. There's been businesses getting shut down, especially for you guys in New York. I mean, it's the dying and stuff with that going on. It's, it's terrible. So, so there's been definitely negatives, but there's also been positives. Like I had, I had opportunities to sign some American deals this past summer and I kept waiting and waiting. And I was like, I don't think I should sign this yet because I don't know when their season's going to start. And, uh, Mike actually introduced me to, um, to Europe. And he was like, man, maybe you should try Europe. Give that, give them a try. Cause Corona's on the decline over. And so that's when he introduced me to TPS and he was like, you know, I think this is a good opportunity to start on time or relatively on time you know Mm -hmm. so i was over here august 1st i think and i've been here since and and season point um there's been a little bit delay during the regular season but we got all the games in you know now we're in the playoffs you know second rounds going on right now so in the end it's it's an absolute blessing how it turned out um you know with the season season that we're having uh I know guys in the American league and the NHL had to take, you know, cuts because of the shortened season. And it's, it's been, it's been a blessing to me with how COVID has acted. It's been terrible for, you know, a lot of people. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's all sunshine and rainbows for me, but it's, it's been going pretty well for me over here. What's that transition like for you, you know, kind of, Going to Finland this year, I mean, obviously, looking at your numbers here, I mean, 49 points in 59 games, 24 goals, uh, 25 assists. So great season cooking for you here. But is it is it tough? Like, is there a language barrier, you know, you're dealing with anything like that? What's the adjustment then? Uh, the, the the language is definitely the, the biggest concern for me when I came over here. It's uh everything everything's kind of delayed and i'm big on sarcasm i grew up with three brothers so sarcasm is like my second language so when you say sarcasm you know things over here it's like right over their head they don't you know it doesn't they don't catch it right and so you, you look like you look like an idiot a lot of the time um but but the language is definitely a huge adjustment um playing on a bigger sheet is huge they got an olympic sheet here so um a lot more skating they also train like absolute madmen over here i mean you're you're running two miles in the morning you're running two miles after practice you're you're squatting max reps before practice i'm like oh my gosh this is nuts right now what's going on like how much training they're putting into this when you got a game in a day and a half it's like <laughs> it, it blows my mind what goes into their training regimen but um but for like I said, for the most part, it's been it's been nice. But the adjustment of, of of Europe in general, this is my first time over in Europe as well, not just to play hockey. So that was 
that was a challenge in itself. And my wife's over here with me as well. So that's, uh, that's been making it easier on me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with some of that transition too, like, are there other North American imports over there from Canada, United States that you've been able to connect with or? Yeah, there's been a few. So we had, when I first got here, there were three Americans. Um, one of them, one of them was just on a loan here and went back to the States. Um, the other one ended up going and playing in Austria at the middle of the season. So as of right now, I'm the only North American and have been since, you know, December. Um, so right now we just have, you know, the majority of Finns on our team, a few Swedes and then two Russians. So it's a good melting pot of, of people on our team we got. That's awesome. Did, are you finding it like, I mean, is, I know we touched on the, like the language barrier. How is the, the squad? Like, do you, do you have to have like translation and stuff? Or is it like, does a lot of the, do a lot of the boys speak it pretty, speak English pretty good? Or are you like learning some Finnish? Uh, I learned very few words of Finnish. Um, majority swear words. Cause that's all that's, you know, that's all of course. guys. And it's, you know, a hockey player's second language, but um, but yeah, I, I, for the most part, we, uh, everyone can speak pretty, pretty good English. Um, it's actually, thank God we have Swedes on our team because I didn't know this. I figured Sweden, and I don't know if you guys knew this as well. Sweden and Finnish are like Chinese and English. They're completely different. I don't know if you guys knew that. No, yeah. I had no idea. No clue. Going into this. I had no, no clue either. I figured they were like, you know super similar well they're polar opposites so having swedes is nice because a lot of the none of the swedes can speak finnish but almost every finnish can speak swedish i don't know hmm. why that is so having that a lot of Finns translate everything that they say to us like a coach our coach says a lot of things in in finnish and then i'll have players sitting next to me just chirping in my ear saying what he's saying what he means so um it's a lot of it's a lot of he said he said sort of deal rather than right. picking up what they're saying right off the hop. It's like, Oh, what do you say? Just, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a second before I get the, get the handle on it. Are any of the boys like messing the... with you early on? Sorry to, it's oh, just, yeah. I got to, they were telling you the wrong thing when they were oh, translating, yeah. or, just a little initiation. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, you know, this is what he said. I'm like, what? That's what he's saying. He's like, oh no, I'm just messing. It really, that, that doesn't mean it, you know. And it's just, but it's, it, it was more doing like you said, hazing at the beginning of it. Right. But, a little friendly teasing. Sorry though, too. Is what yeah. were you saying? No, you're good. I was just gonna ask. Are you are you big into the chirps on the ice? And I mean, are you are you giving it to guys out there and they just have no idea what you're saying? No, no. Actually, it's actually funny you say that because when you're on the ice, a lot of it is is English. Really, that's interesting. A lot of it is. I mean, the when the, yeah, when the fit when the fins are going at it, it's obviously finished. But for the most part, like when people are yelling for the puck or or in front of the net, it's a lot of English because every team has Swedes, Russians, Americans, Canadians on it. So they talk they talk to you as if you're you know you can speak English. And so you know you'll you'll hit someone dirty or someone gets an elbow to the face and you're standing by the bench and they're yelling at you in English and it's like. I did not see that coming at all. You know, <laughs> you did not expect that coming from a Finn's mouth, but, um, but no, I don't, I'm not a big trash talker. I'm not a fighter, so I can't really back it up. 
<laughs> it's one thing if you can, you know, talk back and then you can back it up. So I, I, I don't have that in my toolbox and I don't think I will. So, you know, I get my jabs in when I can, but uh, for the most part, I, I stay away from that. Yeah, and, keep hitting the score sheet. That's where the that's where the checks come, baby. Just keep hitting yeah. it on there. That's where I that's would where do I it. Play it. That's where go. I plan to. I I can't the the fists. They don't do much for me. They don't throw in knuckles. Doesn't do much. What's the uh, what's the game day atmosphere like over there? We've heard a bunch of stories from some of the different European leagues that it's almost like a soccer type feel with fans chanting, standing up, and stuff during the game. Is it like that over in Finland too? I wish I had a better answer for you now because COVID this oh, year yeah. has completely changed that because there's there's no fan interaction before games. There's no fan interaction after games. During this season, we had 30 home games and only like seven of them did we have fans before they stopped having fans for the rest of the season. So, and they only had like 8% capacity. So there's like 600 people in the stands. So... I wish you'd ask me, you know, or ask me a year, you know, when I have a better gauge, but I imagine that's what it's like. Cause the fans here are very, very loyal. Even, even during playoffs, there's like, you know, tweets going into TPS saying, you know, go TPS. They got their logos on and they're showing it off and stuff. So it's pretty cool to see that, but I imagine it'd be escalated even more when you're, when you're there. Right. Has that, has that become part of your future plan? Stay over there in either Finland or Europe to play, or would you like to get back here and play? Ideally, I'd like to come back stateside. Um, ideally, that's the, that's the goal, the top goal, but, um, but who knows? I don't know where I'm going next year. I don't know where I'm going in the next you know, five years. So um, it's, it's playoff time, and then once playoffs are over, I'll, I'll figure out what, what the next, uh, next step is in my career. What would you say too, as far as like the um, the big difference? I know we talked about a little bit of the on ice stuff, but I mean, what is it like? You know, kind of pregame stuff. I know there's been, you know, especially with us at Just Dish, right? We always take a keen interest in dress codes, fashion, the style, the culture, sort of things. What have been some of the big differences playing over there in Finland that you've noticed than this versus like North America or stateside? Well, I can tell you a story from the get-go when I came here. Uh, the guy that was with me here in, in Finland was Austin Ortega, uh, Nebraska, Omaha. Um, unreal guy. And he was one of the guys that left in the middle of the season for Austria. But, um, but we were talking before I came over here, and I asked him 100 different questions about what's Europe like, what do I do, and everything. And one of the questions I didn't ask was dress code. So I came over here in my first game, I'm rocking a three piece suit, tie up to my eyeballs, you know, everything. <laughs> and I see guys rocking this, they got a hoodie on with sneakers and jeans and a hat. And oh I'm man. Like, what? I'm like, what is going on? This is, this is <laughs> pro hockey. And you look like a, a skateboarder. I'm like, what is going on? So I show up and I look like an idiot and I'm like, you know, awesome. What do people, is there no dress code here? And they're like, man, it's so laid back in Europe. And I'm wow. like, is this everywhere? Or is this Finland? So I've been told it's almost everywhere in Europe. I, I don't know if it's like that, if it's organizational or if it's by teams or, or leagues, but 
uh, I showed up here and man, no people wear sweaters to the game. And you know, it's, it's bizarre. It's weird. I couldn't believe it when I showed up, I looked like an idiot. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's really cool though. Like, did you, did you enjoy that aside from the, like the culture shock of it? Were you yeah. like, okay, this is like a little more comfortable it, or like, how'd you feel about it? Yes. It, it, it's double-sided. I, I liked, I like dressing up and, and looking nice and confidence when you're ro- walking into a game. Sure. But at the same time, when you wake up from your pregame nap and you throw on a t-shirt and a hoodie, you're, you know, you're dressed in a minute and a half and then you're out the door. So, so the convenience factor is nice, but, um, but you know, you almost, you miss it and you don't, you know, there's some days yeah. where, you know, you want to throw on a suit and look nice and you still can, it's like, it's frowned upon, but you just, you stick out like a sore thumb when you do. <laughs> yeah. And everybody else on the teams, the boys are probably looking at you like, what's he trying to do here? Who's, who's the yeah. new guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you trying to impress? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you touched on it a little bit as far as like, you know, the pregame nap and stuff. What's your like, we always try to ask, you know, players we have, what's the the ritual like pregame? You know, we're creatures of habit, hockey players and stuff. You know, what's kind of have you kept like the same thing, you know, growing up playing youth through college? Like, have you had a pretty steady routine or has it changed in ways as you've progressed? Tell us a little about that. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's changed. Uh, very, very minor throughout the years. Um, uh, in junior hockey, you know, I just played, I've never been a, uh, on the record. I've never been a fan of warming up, you know, I, I, I never like off fully, ice or uh, off ice. I've never, oh, been okay. a, I've, I've never been a fan and I never really understood it. And I'm probably going to get backlash from all my previous trainers, you know, like, but I've never understood it because you go through, you go through a stretch beforehand. You go through a 20 minute on ice skate. It, like if you're not warm in 20 minutes, like I feel like you got some, you got bigger issues, you know? So the <laughs> fact that we got to go do a 20 minute jog and then you got to do a dynamic warm up, and then you got to do jump rope and then you got to roll out. And then you, it's like, Oh, it's, it's like, this is taking me an hour and a half to get ready. So I've never been a huge fan of warming up personally. So over the years, it's gotten more intense, the, you know, the higher you get and you're, you know, the higher level you go. So in college, you had a dynamic warm up, pretty, you know, pretty normal. And then you go to pro and I thought it was going to be the same thing. And pro is like, they don't care what you do. If you're ready for game time, you're ready for game time, which is how I love it. I absolutely love it. So it then comes down to the rituals before games. And every game I have tortellini pesto pasta. It's what I've had for, geez, five years now, five, six years now, every game. So um, that that's probably the only ritual I have besides take a nap. But uh, I'm not very – I don't have 100 million different quirks that, you know, a lot of hockey players have. Uh, I'm pretty straightforward with a nap and, and pasta. So Nice. It's good to keep it simple. For If that's just what fits you, I, I totally yeah. get it. You jamming tunes yeah. though? You got like a nice playlist set up or how, how do you approach that? You more yeah, get ready I, in silence. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got, I got some, some rap that I listen to anything to, to get me jazzed up for, for games. I love Eminem, love little Wayne, Drake, you know, any, anything that gets the blood flowing before, um, 
but yeah, I, I, I that gets me more more amped up than doing toe touches for twenty minutes before. <laughs> you know, it's it's it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. I I I feel you there. I I, I was kind of that. You know, even I played like junior college lacrosse. I had like I had more quirky rituals than anything else than taking it like warm up really seriously, which right, yeah. Maybe I should have. It seems like it's working out much better for you than it did for me. So hey, I mean, power to it's, you, my friend. It's the tortellini. That's what it is. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never dove into that. I could never do pasta. I always felt sluggish. I don't get that. That's that was. I hear it a lot though. It's kind of crazy. I'm jealous because I love pasta. Are you doing the Michael Scott pasta though, where you're carbo loading four seconds no. before you run <laughs> Come a marathon, on, or what? Come on, Josh. <laughs> With the Alfredo too? No way. Yeah, yeah. I know. If uh, you're doing that, you probably feel sluggish. I'm no nutrition specialist, but even I know not to do that. Not to pull the Michael yeah. Scott there. So you said like five years too on the tortellini. Was that like you had it one night and then you had like a hat trick and you're like, I have to do this every game there the rest of my life or? Uh, uh, it was actually, I just kind of stumbled on it. Like I, I'm not a, I'm actually not a huge fan on pasta in general. I only eat pasta for hockey, which is weird. Um, a lot wow. of people like pasta, but I, I think because I'm a hockey player that I don't like it. Cause we have it for every pregame, every post game, every you know, recovery thing. So yeah. I kind of get, got burned out of it. Um, so I only have it for, for pregame meals. Um, and it's pretty specific. It's pesto tortellini. Um, like I said, I had it like five years ago. I think I got it at a restaurant once and I fell in love with it. And then every game since I've had it, nothing, nothing too crazy, but it, it, man, it tastes good. It tastes so good. That's good. I love, love the pesto too. That's always a home run for me. Um, oh. Yeah. It's what, um, you know, what are you, what are you thinking as far as like, you know, I know you're in the playoffs right now, but like, you know, how do you feel about your chances coming into the next series? You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about that. I know you you had a pretty close one, um, you know, in the previous series when we were talking, setting this up. But how are you feeling in the next matchup and everything for the next round? Man, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, we finished IFK finished second in, in our after the regular season. Um, they got a lot of, lot of good guys on there. Lundell, I think he's drafted by Carolina 12th overall. So he's a high draft pick. Um, they got a good goaltender in that. They got Hendrick Borgstrom, who's like a 10th overall pick to Florida as well. He played at Denver. Um, so they got a lot of talented guys over there and, and I don't think we had a good track record this year against them either. I think he went 0 and 3 against them mm. this year. So, um, so we're definitely battling uphill, but at the same time, I, I think I think our chances are going to be, um, I think they're going to be better because I think they they're a little overconfident and, and cocky playing against us. So I think sure. we're going to take that take that and kind of you know shove it right back in their face and and hopefully come out on top. Um, it's kind of nice playing a best of five though versus a best of seven. Um, it's a little shorter and it you know. As much as I can't wait to play these, you know, these playoff games and, and get going, but man, it's it's gonna be nice to go home as well. Yeah, it adds to the intensity a little bit too when you know it's only five rather than the seven, especially guys used to playing seven. Adds yeah, up the less, intensity. Less time for, you know, mistakes and you know, the more mistakes you make, man, it piles up real quick and then you're digging a hole from, you know, two oh and you just need one more to win it instead of two. So Right. 
how's the uh, how's the physicality compare in in Finland to the North American game? Way less. Way yeah. less. I think. Yeah, and I think that fits my my style of game better. I'm not a big physical guy. Um, I don't really lay the body too much. Um, so it's a lot lot less physical here, um, especially than in the East Coast. Man, you got to buckle your chin strap in in the coast. <laughs> um, so so I like it, um, and it was nice to nice to have that change when I came here. But man, everyone can skate. That's a that was a huge difference as well. Is man, everyone's got wheels. They can skate. They can blow by you. They they can gap up quick on you. D of great sticks. So man, it was it was a big change when I came over here. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what um is what has been like kind of the biggest lesson, whether that's with hockey itself, you know, living in a in a continent and country you've never been to so far. Like, what's been probably the biggest thing you've learned to help you? either as a player, as just a human being, or even both? Oh, jeez. That's a tough one. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a good answer for that. I mean... Well, I'm just thinking, too, I mean, because, look, you, you know, the non-traditional route coming up through the ranks in hockey, right? You know, the pandemic happens, and, you know, you mentioned you've never even been to Europe, but, you know, amidst all this you know, in the talks, you decide it's best for you to go over there. I mean, and then you say how much it's worked out and been a blessing for you. Like what, what's just been some of like the main takeaways as far as something like you've learned or seen or like an experience that's made you grow. Like, has that, does anything like that at all stick out for you? Yeah. I think just if I could put it into one word, I think attitude has a huge role in it. You know, your mm -hmm. attitude is how, how, you perceive everything you know when one when run door closes and one opens i know that's so cliche to say but right. but i think it's true and i think it applies right like the pandemic happened and you know guys lost their job and not even not even in the real world like even in the hockey world you know when when the pandemic hit there's guys that are still guys right now that are trying to come overseas to play in the third league in Sweden because there's no, there was no coast job. There was no American league. There was, you know, there was no, even no NHL at some point. So yeah. I, I think, I think when I said it was a blessing earlier, it truly was that I was able to get a good job over here and then perform well and exceed and do, you know, do what I thought I was able to do over here. And, you know, and obviously you know, coming over here was kind of gamble. Like, yeah, I never played overseas. I never, I don't know how the style of play. The team that took me kind of took a gamble. They're, you know, they're they're just reading elite prospects. They're like, oh, you know, this guy had a good, he had a good college, he had a good coast. But everyone in Europe thinks of the coast as terrible. So they kind of really? they kind of rolled the dice. Yeah, they kind of rolled the dice with me. Um, so uh, to put that answer into one simple simple word i think it's attitude just knowing that you got to have an open mind about how something so crappy can happen to to not just you but everyone around you and then you got to take the next option and the next best option for me was europe and and it's worked out great for me i've been nothing but grateful yeah i you know again we chatted briefly before we started rolling on the recording um when you touched on like skate skins and stuff and i mentioned how I don't think they'd be quite where they were had the pandemic not slowed things down and 
really gave Maddie so much time to hone in this idea he's had for so many years. And so, I mean, a pro hockey player on the cast, got to ask you, honest thoughts with the skate skins. You know, I'm sure you saw the Jordan ones and everything too. Like, what do you think? I mean, how, how do you think that, you know, how did you receive that? And like, what do you, is that something you realistically think you, you could see heading into the pro game and stuff? As like a regular Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I think they're wicked cool. I think they're so cool. And I and it's funny how how much they've grown in such a short period of time. And I remember when I had my when I had my clothing line and I was I was texting Matt and he was saying it I don't even think he had a, a prototype yet. It might not even have been a prototype. He would have just been like he kind of had an idea. He's like, hey man, like check this out. And he he took my skates and put a Talia walleye logo on them just yeah. for fun. Just, he was like, Hey, well, how does this look? I'm like, dude, that looks so sick. And he's like, I'm thinking about doing these things where you put your logos on your skates. I'm like, dude, that'd be so cool. And he's like, yeah, their skates are so funny, right? They have, they have Bauer logos, but they're all black for the most part. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, that'd be so cool to put it on it. And sure enough, geez, I don't think it was even two months after that. I see, you know, I see someone, someone on his page and he's got a skate skin and I see all the, you know, the Instagram and the videos and man, they just like a, like a paper bag. It just, it fits perfectly over your skate. And man, I see, you know, I saw the Jordan ones, as you said, and yeah. you know, seeing guys like Brett Hole rave about him, man, I think, yeah. I think it's wicked cool. There's, there's no doubt that I think that's going to, exponentially grow in the future especially with guys like austin matthews you know he had those he had like the skyline in his skates yeah you know mm -hmm. i mean little things like that 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 matt implement for guys personalization i think yeah. it's gonna be massive i think it's gonna be massive yeah i we're really excited about it. it's been incredible to see how they've been received you know the comment sections are always a fun place too. When you know, good and bad. Uh, I'm sure if you want a good chuckle there, you know, <laughs> leading up to pregame nap, I highly encourage it if you enjoy some, the comment sections for a little comic relief. But, That's honestly um, my favorite place to live. As soon as those Jordan ones went live online with a couple of the posts, I went immediately to every comment section I could find, and I looked for the first guy that I could see comment, oh, you'd get lit up in beer league wearing those. And I was like, really, dude? <laughs> Come on. That's it's yeah, amazing. I got I to gotta check that out. And I saw, I saw you guys did shoes, too, for a quarterback, was it? You, you, yeah, can, the, you can fill in the gaps here. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a uh, the Bills quarterback Josh Allen. It was a custom pair of it. Air Force Ones. Um, yeah, it was just a cool opportunity in partnership with West Her and a guy who who helps us with the Jordan One skates. The the guy who really has put them together. He does a lot of professional like shoes and cleats for pro athletes too, like all throughout the NFL and things. Um, he goes by Coda oh, okay. Customs. We, you, he's tagged in a lot of the posts too, but incredible artist that guy is, you know, him and Matt working tandem on that. It's, it was really cool to, and that's the thing is just like, you know, we, and it's kind of cool of why I was excited to have you on Josh. Like our story is in a way are kind of similar. Like we come from a really small town, you know, 
we had this uh, 2011 Matt came to me with this idea. We were still juniors in high school and I was just kind of like, sure. Like he was always pretty like really creative. He would send in like those drawings and stuff to like the USA hockey magazines all the time. And yeah, he, yeah. and I was just like, I was behind it. I was just like, man, man let's see where it goes. And it just, just being there and then like, yeah, just where, where it got to it's, it feels like it happens so fast, but there's always so much work that's gone into it. And like you've talked about, like just blessings of stuff. It, it's been like that to be a part of it and just to continually have doors open up or, you know, even if certain doors close, just having things open up. And, you know, we, it's like a hockey streetwear brand. Like we, we find a way to make a like partnership with a custom shoe with a car dealership and an NFL quarterback. It's just like, yeah. it's so yeah. crazy, but it's opening up more and more doors to, and you know, get hockey back in that more mainstream attention. Like I think we all think it deserves and like the powerhouse and like the big sports, especially in America. And I always Amen. wanted to ask too, like, you know, you obviously, I would still imagine the dream for you get back and play in the NHL, like seeing the deal with ESPN and Turner, like, was that something you paid attention to thought about and was excited about? You cut out, you cut out at the last second of that. Oh, did I say that again? Yeah. The ESPN and the, like the new broadcasting deal for the NHL. Like, what are your thoughts on like that with the Turner sports, obviously TNT being in on it. Like, what do you think that'll do for, for the game and, you know, just give it a kind of boost globally, you know, throughout the state. Yeah. I think it's huge. I I think, you know, when you talk about the the major sports in, in America, you think of NBA, FL, MLB, and then NHL's in there, but they're but they're the bottom. They're the fourth one, right? And and yeah. I think a major part of that is is marketing. And I think having having the NHL on ESPN is huge in so many ways. It's it's huge in marketing. It's easier to watch games, so more people are involved. You know, it gets and you mentioned DMT as well. It gets more fans interacted with with their player, with their favorite players, their favorite teams. Um, I, I think I think having that that broadcast to more people versus just the NHL network, or you know, back in the day there was Versus. I don't know if you remember Versus. versus oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are those are sweet, but that was just one channel, right? But now having it on ESPN, I think that opens up a ton of new doors for opportunity. And I think, I think the NHL is going to hopefully capitalize that and it'll start to, you know, grow and keep climbing in popularity. Yeah. I think it's, we've always said to getting the casual fan, the casual sports fan more, whereas most of hockey, it always feels like it's such a tight community where we want to keep that, but also grow it to the casual fan. Like other sports seem to have done so successfully because we're biased. Right. But I am I could sit here for two minutes and think about it and I start sweating and I don't even play. I am so excited for playoff hockey. The Sabres aren't going to be in it, but I am fired up. Like I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it. And you ask guys that, that don't play hockey, you know, guys that are NBA fans and they're like, man, the NHL playoffs are nuts. You know, it's because they're going full tilt a hundred miles an hour for seven games, four different series. I mean, it's bonkers. It's off the charts. And I think, I think like you said, having that casual fan is, is monumental. It really is. 
Look, I I really appreciate you coming on here, Josh. I mean, Tudor, do you have anything else b- before we we let go here on this one? Because I can tell you right now, this is another repeat guest because this was oh, yeah. this went by like that. I couldn't believe it was fifty five minutes when I looked up. You Absol- got it. absolutely. Uh, Sorry, Josh, I didn't mean it. to jump in on you there. Um, no, no, you're good. Um, no, I mean, I uh, I didn't really have too much else. I guess the one the one other thing I wanted to ask you while we were kind of on that topic of exposure for the game a little bit, um, playing down in Alabama in that non traditional hockey market where. Were people, when you say you were a hockey player, were people like, what? Like, everyone plays probably, what, football, baseball? Like, and then when you were walking around saying you're a hockey player, do they even know what that, what you're doing? Yeah. It, when you went to bigger cities, that's how they act. Like, like I said, when you would play in, you know, I played for TPH Thunder growing up, which is a AAA uh, organization in the Southeast. Um, when we would go to tournaments, that's how, you know, that's how they were always looked at. Cause we were the team from Alabama and they're like, there's no way these guys are good. <laughs> there's no way these guys are good. So, so getting our footprint on the map, it was, it was nice to see that. But, but when you're in Alabama and there's only, you know, 2000 hockey players in the whole state, you know, everyone kind of thinks, you know, we're the big dogs, but we're, you know, we're not, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> we're not in a small state. You're not doing too much, but. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the short inversion. I'll, I'll save the rest for, for another time. <laughs> yeah, the, Absolutely. The next episode, man, for sure. We're definitely we need- going to do it again. We'll catch up after the playoffs. Hopefully you got a title to talk about in, in Liga. So that would be I hope fantastic. So. Look, I hope man, so. once again, I just thank you so much for doing this. This was an absolute blast. It was even more fun than I could have imagined. I, I really mean it. Really appreciate you, dude. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks again. All right, dude. We will take, take care guys. We will talk to you later, man.